0: This is a folktale from Norway. Now, earlier on when I was recording these stories, I recorded one called Why the Sea is Salt, and it was written by a Viking poet called Bragi the Skald around 850 AD. Well, if you wonder what happened to that story, this is a version that was collected a thousand years later. And it has changed it's changed a lot, but I hope you like it. and it's called the mill that grinds salt." Now, there was once two brothers, and the one brother was very, very rich and very, very mean. And his younger brother was as poor as his brother was rich. He had nothing. But he was a good, kind-hearted soul all the same. And he was married, but him and his wife really struggled. Now it came to one Christmas Eve, and they didn't have so much as a bite of bread and butter in the house to eat. And so the poor brother set off to see his rich brother, to beg some food for the Christmas time. When he arrived at his brother's house, his brother looked at him, not very welcomingly. He didn't like his brother, not because they had fallen out over anything, but just because he was a mean-spirited man who didn't like anybody. So what do you want, he said? I'm sorry, brother, he said, but I don't have a bite to eat in the house. Nothing for Christmas at all, not even a bit of bread and butter. I wonder if you could see your way clear to maybe giving me something to eat. Again, said the brother. It's not the first time you've come begging to my door, he said. No, I wish it was true. I wish it wasn't true, said the brother. No, I wish I didn't have to. But, well, I'll tell you what, said the rich brother. I will give you a whole leg of ham for your Christmas. Oh, thank you, said the poor brother. That's great. On one condition, he said. Well, yes, what's, what's the condition? Well, I want you to go straight to the devil." he said. And he threw the leg of ham at him. Well, the poor brother took this and he went outside with his leg of ham and he thought, well, I did promise. And a promise is a promise. So I have to do it. So he set off to walk to hell to see the devil. And he took the leg of ham along with him. Now he walked and he walked and he walked until he came to a great big place that was all flooded with light coming pouring out the windows. And there by the side of it there was an old man with a long white beard and he was chopping wood for Christmas. "Hallo," he said to the old man. Oh, hello there, young man. What takes you out on a night like this? Well, I'm going to the devil he said if i've got the right road oh you have indeed yes they're in there oh the devil and all the little devils are in there well he said that's where i promised that i would go so that's where i have to go now the old man looked at his leg of ham and he says you know there will be a lot of those devils in there that will want that leg of ham That is a very scarce commodity around here, and they will offer you all sorts of prices for it. But what you have to ask for is the hand mill behind the door. They won't want to give it to you, but you ask for that and stick to your guns. Don't take anything else. And then take it out here, and I'll show you how to stop it. So the young man went, and he knocked at the door, and a devil answered it, and in he trotted. And, of course, the devils in there, all their eyes lit up when they saw the leg of ham. How much, they said, how much for the leg of ham? We wants it, we wants it. And the devil came out himself. I want that leg of ham, he said. Well, me and my wife were going to have it for our Christmas dinner said the poor man, but um seems you're so determined to have it, then um, I suppose I could leave it behind me. But I would need to get a good price for it. What do you want, said the devil, name your price. I want that old hand mill that's sitting by the back of the door there. Now you don't want that, he said. I'll give you gold, I'll give you a sackloads of gold. No, 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 no. It's just a hand mill, that's all I want. But I'll give you anything you want. I can make you a king. I can I can do anything I want. No, no, I just want the handmill. So very reluctantly the devil gave him the handmill, and he took the leg of ham, and the man left with a sigh of relief. And he went to the woodshed where the old man was still chopping wood. And the old man said, "Ah, ye got it good." Well, he showed him what it could do. All he had to do was to ask it. To grind out whatever you wanted. And it would grind it out for you. And it could be anything. And then he taught him, most importantly, how to stop it. So the man took it on his back and he walked and walked and walked until eventually he got home. It was near midnight by the time he got there. Where have you been all day? His wife said. I was worried sick about you. Ah, never you mind, he said. I've got something to show you here. And he set down the hand mill. It's an old hand mill, she said. So what? Well, it's not ordinary old hand mill, he said. Are you hungry? Am I hungry, she said. I haven't eaten all day. Of course I'm hungry. Watch this. And he ordered the handmill to start to grind and he wanted candles and he wanted a beautiful tablecloth and out came candles and a beautiful tablecloth and he had lovely silver candlesticks to put the candles in and he laid out the tablecloth and he put the candles and lit them and his wife was standing in the corner frantically crossing herself and saying it's bewitched. It's enchanted. Where's it come from? <laughs> Never you mind where it's come from, he said. But it works. This is something that will change our lives. And then he ordered food. He ordered all sorts of delicious food to be ground out so that they could celebrate Christmas. And a handmill was as good as it was It grounded out. The tablecloth was covered with the most expensive dishes, the most delicious food that they had ever tasted in their life and they feasted and they gorged themselves until they could hardly move oh they were happy with this and of course the man had stopped the mill and then after a couple of days of this he said to his wife why don't we have a party we should invite all our friends and my miserly brother as well Oh, do we have to invite him? Well, he is family, I suppose. So on the third day, invitations were sent out for a huge feast. And everybody came, and the handmill ground out all sorts of delicious food in the kitchen, which was carried out to the guests. And, oh, the food, the eating was amazing. And everybody was happy, and they were drinking the finest ales and wines and raising glasses to toast the health of the good man and his wife. And the rich brother was sitting there, and he was bridling with fury. How come, he said, how come do you have all this, a feast to give to everybody, when just three days ago You were at my door, begging for a scrap to eat for Christmas. Where did all this come from? It came from behind the door, said the poor brother, and smiled. Well, the brother, you know, he begrudged him, this, because he was a mean-spirited, nasty man. And he grudged him any good luck that he'd got. And so he kept pestering him about where did it come from, what had happened, what had changed his life all of a sudden. And the brother refused to tell him. But then at the end of the night when the ale had been flowing and the man's head was a wee bit swimming in it, the rich brother again said, So where did it come from? And he said, Well, look, I'll show you. And he went to the kitchen and he showed him the hand mill. And he ordered it to grind out some small delicacies, and it did. And the brother was amazed. I want it, he said. How much? I'll buy it from you. I don't really want to sell it, he said. How much? How much for it? I'll buy it from you. Well, he said, I'll sell it to you, but I want to keep it first until hay time. But in the hay time, I'll sell it to you. But it'll cost you. $300? Okay, he said, I'll give you $300 for it. So he paid him the money, but I've got to grind out all the food that I'll be needing for a long time, because, you know, between now and and hay time. So that was the middle of winter, and hay time was the middle of summer. So he wasn't idle. He ground out all sorts of lovely food, and he also ground out lots of gold for himself as well. So he was a wealthy man. Now, the rich brother came down, and he paid the $300, and he took the hand mill, and he took it home with him. And the next day, he told his wife to go out and work in the fields with the servants. I'll make lunch today, he said. You make lunch? Yes, he said. He'd never cooked in his life, never made anything. The wife was amazed, but anyway, she did as she was told, off to the field and was working, <coughs> spreading hay to dry it with the rest of them. And she was waiting then for lunchtime to be called in. Now the farmer waited until it was nearly lunchtime, and then he went to the mill, and he ordered the mill to grind him out porridge and herring. And it's dead. It started to grind out porridge and herring. And he filled all the dishes he had with it. All the troughs he had was filled with porridge and herring. And then he ran out of things to hold the porridge and herring in. And the porridge and herring started pouring over the table and onto the floor. And the man thought, I don't know how to stop this thing. So he tried desperately to stop it. He tried pushing it and prodding it and turning it, but nope. It kept on grinding and grinding until the porridge was up to his knees. And then it kept going so that he had to open the door of the kitchen and let the porridge float into the pantry. And he was nearly drowning in porridge. He managed to open the door to the outside and all the porridge and herring went out in a great tidal wave surging down the brae towards the fields. Now, the man's wife was getting a bit fed up. They'd been waiting for their lunch, and nothing had happened. And so she said, you know, that man's got no idea how to cook porridge. I'm going to go back and see you. Come on, come on along with us, she says. Well, go back and we'll get something to eat. I'm sure he's made a real hash of it. So they were walking up the bray towards the house. When they met the man coming running down, and behind them there was a huge wave of porridge and herring. Run, he said. If you all had a hundred bellies, you wouldn't be able to move this. And he ran, and he ran till he got to his brother's house. Brother, he said, please come and take away the, the hand quern. Please come and take away the hand mill. Why, what's wrong? he said. Oh, I can't get it to stop. It's, it's, the whole parish'll be drowned under porridge and herring if you don't come and stop it. Nah, I don't want it back, he said. You gotta take it back. Well, it'll cost you. How much? Another three hundred dollars? So the rich farmer paid his brother the three hundred dollars and he went up and he stopped the hand mill and he took it home with him laughing because of course he had made sure that he didn't teach his brother how to stop it. And he carried on grinding whatever he felt like for himself and he was rich. Oh, he was rich. And he built himself a huge house down by the sea, and he had ground out so much gold that he had it all melted down and made into thin sheets, and they covered the whole outside of the house with gold so that it shone in the sun. It was beautiful. And people sailing by would see a golden house, and they would go in to pay their respects to the wealthy man that lived there, and people would come from miles around to see this marvelous hand mill that would grind anything you wanted, because, of course, the fame of the mill had spread over the whole land. Now, word of it came to a captain of a ship. He would sail from country to country, buying and treading in salt. And he wanted this mill. He wanted the hand mill, even if he had to steal it, take it by force. He wanted it. And he went to see the man, and he said, "Will you sell your handmill?" "I don't want to sell my handmill," he said. "I'll give you a good price for it." "Well, uh, nah, I don't really want to." "Well, tell me this," he said. "Can it grind salt?" Well, "Of course it can grind salt," he said. You "Can grind anything you want." "How much?" "I must have it. I must." He could see by the look in the man's eyes that he was dangerous. He could see that if he refused, it might be the wash for him. So eventually he sold it to him for thousands and thousands of dollars. And the man took the mill up on his back and he ran down to his ship before the man could change his mind. And he also ran away with it so quickly that he never found out how to stop it. Well, he took it to his ship and they cast off and sailed away. And then he took the quern up on the deck, and he ordered it to grind salt, and salt started to spurt out of it, just like, oh, it's like trying to put your hand over a hole in a dam. You know, it was just chets and chets of salt were surging out all over the place. And soon he discovered that he had more salt than he knew what to do with, and he tried to stop the mill, but he didn't know how to stop the mill. And the mill kept grinding, and he kept prodding and pushing and trying to turn it, but it did no good. And eventually the whole ship was swamped with salt and it sank to the bottom of the sea. And the quern still carried on grinding out salt on the seabed. And that's why, to this day, the sea is salty.